Hello, and welcome to another episode of Fireside Poems. I'm Dr. J. Today's episode is a passage from Longfellow's The Song of Hiawatha. It's taken from the chapter titled Hiawatha's Lamentation, which tells of the death of Hiawatha's friend Chibiabos and the grief that Hiawatha experiences. After weeks of inconsolable mourning, Hiawatha is visited by healers who help him recover. This is one of my favorite chapters in the Song of Hiawatha. It shows the intertwining of the human, the natural, and the spiritual that Longfellow celebrates not only in the Song of Hiawatha, but in all of his poetry. Here, though, this intertwined reality is presented at its highest level. Let's listen. Hiawatha's Lamentation from The Song of Hiawatha by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Then the medicine men, the Medas, the magicians, the Wabanos, and the Jasakids, the prophets, came to visit Hiawatha, built a sacred lodge beside him to appease him, to console him, walked in silent, grave procession, bearing each a pouch of healing, skin of beaver, lynx, or otter, filled with magic roots and simples, filled with very potent medicines. When he heard their steps approaching, Hiawatha ceased lamenting, called no more on Chibiabos. Naught he questioned, naught he answered, but his mournful head uncovered. From his face the morning colors washed he slowly and in silence, slowly and in silence followed onward to the sacred wigwam. There a magic drink they gave him, made of namawusk, the spearmint, and wabinawusk, the yarrow, roots of power and herbs of healing, beat their drums and shook their rattles, chanted singly and in chorus, mystic songs like these they chanted. I myself, myself, behold me, Tis the great gray eagle talking. Come, ye white crows, come and hear me. The loud-speaking thunder helps me. All the unseen spirits help me. I can hear their voices calling. All around the sky I hear them. I can blow you strong, my brother. I can heal you, Hiawatha. Hiawha, replied the chorus. Wayaway, the mystic chorus. Friends of mine are all the serpents. Hear me shake my skin of henhawk. Mong, the white loon, I can kill him. I can shoot your heart and kill it. I can blow you strong, my brother. I can heal you, Hiawatha. Hiawha, replied the chorus. Wayhaway, the mystic chorus. I myself, myself, the prophet. When I speak, the wigwam trembles shakes the sacred lodge with terror. Hands unseen begin to shake it. When I walk, the sky I tread on bends and makes a noise beneath me. I can blow you strong, my brother. Rise and speak, O Hiawatha. Hi-o-ha, replied the chorus. Way-ha-way, the mystic chorus. Then they shook their medicine pouches o'er the head of Hiawatha, Dance their medicine dance around him, and upstarting wild and haggard, like a man from dreams awakened, 
he was healed of all his madness. As the clouds are swept from heaven, straightway from his brain departed all his moody melancholy. As the ice is swept from rivers, straightway from his heart departed all his sorrow and affliction. Longfellow himself, as we've heard in earlier episodes, suffered much from grief in his late twenties and early thirties. In the same year when he was twenty-eight, he suffered the death of his first wife and the death of a close friend and brother-in-law. His first book of poetry, The Voices of the Night, is comprised mainly of poems dealing with his grief, his difficulty in coming to terms with these deaths. So he knows what he's talking about here when he writes of Hiawatha's similar struggle. What's most impressive in this passage, at least to me, is not just its depiction of Ojibwa healing practices, but Longfellow's presentation of them as efficacious. Hiawatha returns to a healthy state of mind as a result of these healing practices, as a result of the Ojibwe medicines and rituals. It's one thing for an anthropologist to depict the practices of another culture, but quite another to affirm them as objectively effective as Longfellow does here. I first came upon such an affirmation as an undergraduate studying the French anthropologist Claude Lévi-Strauss's Structural Anthropology, first published in 1958, over a hundred years after Longfellow published The Song of Hiawatha. In a chapter entitled The Effectiveness of Symbols, Levi-Strauss describes a ritual and song that are used by a shaman of the Kuna tribe of Central America to help women through unusually difficult childbirths. A difficult childbirth is a physical affliction, yet there is no physical treatment involved. Yet the ritual and song, performed not by the woman but by the shaman, achieve the intended effect. In the Song of Hiawatha, we find a third element added, medicines made of roots and herbs carried in pouches made of animal skins. In our modern Western society, we turn to these same three elements, ritual, song, and medicine, but not usually as a single bundle. We have the ritual and song words of a funeral, but once the funeral is over, ritual is dropped and the bereaved are left to often doubtful religious belief and what songs they discover for themselves. When mental distress persists for a long enough period of time, we may turn to talk, but with little ritual beyond the meager ritual of lying on a couch with our heads elevated while we talk to a psychiatrist. And even that bit of ritual is found now more in cartoons than in practice. In the most recent decades, our culture has turned more and more to medicines for the alleviation of mental and emotional distresses. But though sometimes their application is combined with talking sessions, the element of ritual continues to be missing, and the medicines are far removed from nature, coming in plastic containers rather than in pouches made of animal skins, and the medicines no longer simples derived from our own natural environment, but compounds of who knows what from who knows where. 
All of these practices are efficacious to an extent, but they can leave us alienated from nature and from the spiritual, and thus from full health when we separate them as we too often do. It was through reading Levi Strauss that I first began to think about the healing power of poetry, itself a kind of ritual and song that at its best helps us deal with life while entwining us with nature, with the spiritual, and our fellows, poetry such as we find in Longfellow, and particularly in this passage. Let's listen again. Hiawatha's Lamentation from the Song of Hiawatha by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Then the medicine men, the Medas, the magicians, the Wabinos, and the Jossakids, the prophets, come to visit Hiawatha, built a sacred lodge beside him to appease him, to console him, walked in silent grave procession, bearing each a pouch of healing, skin of beaver, lynx, or otter, filled with magic roots and simples, filled with very potent medicines. When he heard their steps approaching, Hiawatha ceased lamenting, called no more on Chibiabos. Naught he questioned, naught he answered, but his mournful head uncovered. From his face the morning colors washed he slowly and in silence. Slowly and in silence followed onward to the sacred wigwam. There a magic drink they gave him, made of namawusk, the spearmint, and Wabino wusk, the yarrow, roots of power and herbs of healing, beat their drums and shook their rattles, chanted singly and in chorus, mystic songs like these they chanted. I myself, myself, behold me, tis the great gray eagle talking. Come, ye white crows, come and hear him. The loud-speaking thunder helps me. All the unseen spirits help me. I can hear their voices calling. All around the sky I hear them. I can blow you strong, my brother. I can heal you, Hiawatha. Hiawatha, replied the chorus. Wehaway, the mystic chorus. Friends of mine are all the serpents. Hear me shake my skin of henhawk. Mong the white loon, I can kill him. I can shoot your heart and kill it. I can blow you strong, my brother. I can heal you, Hiawatha. Hiawatha, replied the chorus. Wehaway, the mystic chorus. I myself, myself, the prophet. When I speak, the wigwam trembles, shakes the sacred lodge with terror. Hands unseen begin to shake it. When I walk, the sky I tread on bends and makes a noise beneath me. I can blow you strong, my brother. Rise and speak, O Hiawatha. Hi-o-ha, replied the chorus. Way-ha-way, the mystic chorus. Then they shook their medicine pouches o'er the head of Hiawatha, danced their medicine dance around him, and up starting wild and haggard, like a man from dreams awakened, he was healed of all his madness. As the clouds are swept from heaven, straightway from his brain departed all his moody melancholy. As the ice is swept from rivers, 
straightway from his heart departed all his sorrow and affliction. Facebook has just announced that it's changing its corporate name to Meta as it looks forward to a virtual metaverse that it considers near enough at hand that they wish to be identified with it. I looked around the internet to learn more about what this might be and came across this explanation. Quote, An online virtual world which incorporates augmented reality, virtual reality, 3D holographic avatars, video, and other means of communication. As the metaverse expands, it will offer a hyper-real alternative to the world you coexist in. End quote. The term hyper-real sounds dishonest to me. If you're going to tell a lie, make it big. But in any case, everything I've learned over nearly 70 years of actual existence tells me that this is a really bad idea for our spiritual, emotional, and mental health. I'd rather go for a walk or shoot baskets or hug a friend or sweetheart or read a good book and talk about it with other people, perhaps someday with other people in the same room as me, once everyone has their shots, whatever they're compounded of. I hope you enjoyed this passage from the Song of Hiawatha and that you'll join me again next week for another episode of Fireside Poems. If you think others might enjoy Fireside Poems, please let them know about it through your social media so that they might join you and me each week by the virtual Fireside.